happy Mother's Day to all the mothers celebrating today. I have a very conflicted relationship with Mother's Day. I, of course, honor and celebrate all the things that are connected with mothering and the beauty that is shared on this day. However, my direct experience of mothering and what I have witnessed working with hundreds of mothers is that being a mother, and today I'm talking directly about mothers who birth, receive babies into their bellies, mothers who birth, nourish, support, and cultivate children through their wombs or through adopting. I'm talking about the power to birth life. That is the strongest power that exists. The ability to receive into the body a soul and grow that being in the body, nourishing, supporting, providing, and then bring that soul into this world. And then also continue for many, many decades. I'm the mother of a 21-year-old and a 17-year-old. To continue the deep work of soul tending and body tending and emotional tending for for life, to support and nourish life. This is the most powerful expression, the most powerful form that exists. And it is not supported in our culture. It is cast aside. It is left to fend for herself. The mother is isolated. The mother is forced into places that go against her nature, what she really needs in order to participate in a culture that doesn't value her. And so on Mother's Day, I guess I'm a bit of a, um, I get into uh, just a lot of feelings about Mother's Day because it doesn't even scratch the surface of honoring a mother and honoring the expression of the mother, the frequency of the mother in this world. And the power of the mama is exactly what our world needs. And I mean, all expressions of mama. Okay. So the mother who is gentle and soft and spacious and nurturing and loving all the way up to the fierce tiger mama, the one who will do anything, absolutely anything to protect her babies. All of that, that whole spectrum of power is what is missing, is what is suppressed is what is being removed from this world and is creating this out-of-balance, toxic system. 
And it's up to us. This is Magnolia Leadership is here to help women come into their sovereign power to complement the sacred masculine. But it is up to us as mamas and women to say enough, to say no, to say this doesn't work. This isn't honoring. It's up to us to create a world where gentleness is honored, where nourishment is easily accessed. And it is up to us to bring the fierce no back, to look and hold truth and say, this isn't true. This isn't serving our children. This is not good for us. And so, you know, today, I'm recording this the day before Mother's Day. I'm sitting in a world where mothers are being erased, right? They are being set aside, not honored. The power to birth is not seen as the most potent power there is. It's very, very important that we really bring in the mother and You know, the mother, of course, is connected to the great mother, our great mother earth. And so we can feel into that archetype, the great mother who births the earth, nourishes the earth. And there's no greater place to see how we treat mothers than to look at how we treat the great mother earth. It is really at a crisis, at a point where we must deepen into this mama. So I'm called mama in my family. So I'll say mama and mother interchangeably deepen into the great mother for our lessons, for our teachings into her essence and to remember this power that we have as mothers so that it cannot be further suppressed, further maligned. Because when we are in the power of mother, it is clear, potent, healing energy that the earth really needs. And as women, which is, you know, mostly who the podcast is for. And of course, there's lots of men who support this and who honor mothers. I'm not, this is not anti-male. It's really important to understand that. There are beautiful masculine energies on this earth too that honor mother in a beautiful way. But we are, as women, we are the embodiment of this great mother. And so we listen to her and we act from her and we are responsible to honor her. We are responsible for tending to this world and saying no where we need to. A strong no. The no that the the mama lioness would bring, that the mama bear would bring. Okay, when I look around, that ferocity comes forward in me when I see what is happening in this world. Okay, so the power is in not only the receiving of life, birthing life, nourishing life, but in protecting life. And so today I'm just, I'm calling the protection aspect forward because this mama power comes deep 
It's deep in the land and it is always for her babies and for her people. Mama power is life-giving, life-sustaining, and benefits everyone. Mama power is where we begin. She is the start of everything and the end of everything, right? Our womb is where life starts, the womb of the earth, and then we return there. And so part of what I'm speaking to on Mother's Day is the need to create a world that elevates and heals and honors and rebuilds this frequency, this energy of mama in service to women, in service to children. So children are safe and protected and loved. So mothers are surrounded and supported and sovereign in their power, where grandmothers are sought after, centered, exalted for their wisdom and respected for their path, admired, honored, and where the land is revered as the origin of life, as the creator, the nourisher. And so we're, we're coming into that deeper place of honoring mother. My own journey as a mother is something I want to talk about today because this is something for me that is just incredibly native. I'm, I'm a person who I wanted to have babies when I was a tiny girl. There's, there's stories in the family about me carrying around as many dolls as I could when I was tiny. And then as soon as I was able to hold a real live baby, which was quite young, the one who always held the babies and rocked the babies and carried them around. Uh, if I couldn't find a baby to hold and tend, I would be taking care of small animals. I, I spent a lar- large part of my childhood on a farm. And in the, at the farm, I was free to be deeply connected with the earth, but also play with any animal that I wanted. All I had to do is my chores. And in between milking chore and in the morning and in the evening, I had milk chore, I could play with the animals and get them out. And I loved playing with the rabbits and the, taking the goats to get treats in the field and just was very much in that mothering archetype early on. And from deep in my soul, just wanted children. There was never there was never a question. I couldn't wait. Everything in my life felt like it was organized towards being a mother, even from this very young age. And so, you know, through the years, my first job was babysitting. I think I was in fifth grade. And um, when I first started being responsible for taking care of babies and at some place in that journey, I really began to understand more and more about how mothers were not honored in our culture. And in college, really was determined to do something about that. And so worked in a homeless shelter. I had an idea that if mothers could be supported in you know, having what they needed for their babies and being able to show up for job interviews with the skill set and the 
wardrobe and the transportation, everything that they needed, that they could begin to have the resources that they needed to take care of their children. And so did a, a project with a homeless shelter and learned a lot. That was a really great idea. And also I, I learned a lot about the system and what really needed to happen. At the same time, I worked in a, a mental institution with children and was taking care of, you know, those very fragile children. So my work as a mother, you know, started young and continued through college. And even when I was in my early corporate days, part of my job that I liked was taking care of my employees, taking care of the people who were on my team, cultivating them, bringing them along, right? Supporting them in the work environment. It was very much the work of mothering and it was hard to do. I was in a very intellectual environment that valued productivity, but what I valued was, you know, taking care of those people. And so even there I was mothering and I was not incredibly supported in being resourced to do so. So that depletion started at that point. And I selected a partner and someone I thought would be a wonderful man to build a family with and began my own journey into becoming a mother. I left the corporate world and set up a neonatal kitten program at the San Francisco SPCA. And in that role was trying to save the lives of kittens that did not have mothers. And that was very, very tedious and uh, laborious work to just try to keep these tiny little lives thriving without their mamas. At one point, my own mother turned to me and said, Catherine, (laughs) I think it's time. I think it's time to have your babies, right? It's time. And she was right. I was looking for a place to put that energy. I was finding ways to use it in the world just waiting till I could have my own babies. And so I started my journey as a mother. I became pregnant with my oldest son, Lucas, who is now 21 years old. And that journey, that initiation into mothering with the conception, the birth and the caring of him is the most powerful initiation I have had in my entire life becoming a mother. I planned everything. I was having a home birth. I chose the healthiest food. I did all of the work to prepare. I did so much education. It was, I was putting everything I had into it. I had extreme morning sickness the entire pregnancy all through the day. So, and then when it came time to birth my son, Nothing went the way I planned, and I ended up having a 65-hour labor with six hours of pushing, and he was an 11-pound baby. And what happened for me is I ended up in the hospital. I had planned to birth at home, and I had to get into warrior mode right away. I had to fight because from the moment I got there, they wanted to have a C-section, the doctors. So I was in fight mode instead of reception and open. And I fought to have my baby the way I wanted to. And I did. I did have him 
in the hospital as close to a home birth as I could get. And it was a very intense experience. Of course, birth is. But having to be in this warrior mode to birth my baby the way I wanted really represents my initiation into motherhood. I have been fighting for myself and my children through this journey. And, you know, that's one of the strengths that I have is to be able to stand strong. So I had this beautiful baby and he had his own agenda and we had to find our way. And then, you know, a few years later, I was called literally by (laughs) the soul of my second child to bear him. And that is another story. But Julian, my second child, and we had a a much easier birth and a much easier postpartum time. And just the nature of who he is, is peaceful and gentle. And that was present from the beginning. And so I had these two beautiful children and I was alone. I was completely isolated. I was a stay-at-home mom. I had a small practice. I was taking care of my babies, trying to find community, separated from my family. And I had, at that time, my ex-husband was very much in the world of work and doing the work to provide for and care for our family. And that work took him, you know, he traveled, he was gone at night And he also really enjoyed that. And so he was deep into that work. And I got more and more removed from him. And the marriage really suffered in those early years of parenting, which I see happening with my clients and my practice. And so in those early years where I needed resourcing and support, I was on my own, isolated in a house trying to get through the day and love these children and make sure they had everything that they needed. And, you know, this is part of my journey that I haven't talked about a lot. But at that time, my ex-husband was getting further and further away from our our family. And uh, I began to go into warrior mode around trying to get his focus on our family, his participation in our family. And it just was so much conflict around trying to get myself supported. And he chose to leave our family. And I had a three-year-old and a seven-year-old and became a single mother. I had full custody of the boys and they were with me the majority of the time. And I suddenly was thrust into a role of needing to figure out how to scale a business take care of these small children, and also in a legal system where I was trying to advocate to have what I needed to support these two children and you know, had to really get into fight mode there. And so I was fighting for the resources that I needed. I was fighting to build this business. I was you know, really trying to love and honor these children. And I was alone. I was utterly alone and heartbroken. I did have support from family and beautiful Waldorf school community. Thank goodness. But those days of early mothering were lonely and exhausting. There's being a single mother. It's a whole nother level 
of mothering where it's you and your resource and there's no backup coming ever, right? And that aspect of single mothering is it calls on this deep resource connection to source. And so that's where I really went deep into my connection to the great mother and to the earth and to really understanding how to work with my own energy so that I could show up and not only love these children, but help them thrive. And so my journey around mothering has been one of just really focused, building what was needed, building a community around us, centering my children, creating a career that would work around them so that I could, in the early days, I would get up and get them to school, get home for my first client at 8.30, work right up to pick up, go and get them, spend the afternoon and early evening with them, get them to bed, and then go back to work and see more clients. And that was, there were years of that. And I did have help. So I do want to say I did have some amazing helpers, but most of the time it was me. And so, you know, this journey of mothering for me has been one of fierce protection, deep resourcing, isolation, loneliness, and I wouldn't change it. I mean, the the experience of raising these two beautiful young men now, there's nothing like it for my transformation, for what it has brought into me as a person, for being a vessel, for the sacred to move through, for pure enjoyment and for growth. And so I'm not here saying this has been anything that I would not choose. This is the place in my life where I feel the most fully expressed, even with all of the challenges. So I want to say my story is not an isolated story. I work with hundreds of mothers and I don't know a mother that hasn't felt disrespected, under-resourced, isolated as they step into and continue mothering. This is a, not a me problem. This is a cultural problem that we have. And so I'll talk a little bit about my work here too with mothers, just my journey. I, I mentioned that I worked with homeless mothers and I worked with these children in the mental institution, but I also spent time working as a birth doula. And here's why that was important to me. I understood at this deep level that the way that we were birthing our babies, the way that we birth our babies, our children, was completely off. And that those moments of birth really set up the conditions for the life and the experience after birth. And so I got very involved in really understanding birth psychology and then also attending and supporting mothers through the physical birth process and trying to change those moments around birthing so that mothers had what they needed, had a powerful initiation in those moments of birthing so that babies had what they needed and had a chance of being healthy and thriving instead of the experience of 
this is a huge topic for me, but creating the conditions around birth that are as close to those native ways that we birth, removing interferences in that process, be that in a hospital or at home, it doesn't matter, but really protecting the mother and keeping her in her deepest power for those birth experiences so that the babies are coming into a healthy, empowered space right away. And so I did a lot of work to help bring those conditions forward. And then I also spent years and still do working with birth trauma. So really helping mothers who have experiences where they are not in their full power, where they have been, you know, in systems that haven't honored them to repair and heal and come into wholeness as quickly as possible postpartum. And so really getting in right away and helping mamas move through any trauma and come into their greater resourcing. And then I also work with mothers and couples and families around what it really means to be a parent and mothering throughout the lifespan. So I work with families with children of all ages. And I also work in my practice. I'm not seeing young children right now, but I have, but I work a lot with adolescents, teens to really support, you know, families in those phases of life to really be resourced and whole and healthy. And of course, I'm raising and supporting my own children. I have got, um, like I said, a 17 and a 21-year-old. So I'm learning about parenting older children, young adults, and how to come into a new relationship with honoring their separation, their, their individuation at a whole new level, and welcoming their, it's not really a challenge, their their individuation from our family value system as they find who they are separate from all of the things that I have held as important and taught them. So I'm watching them now learn like what parts of that are for them and what parts of themselves they need to bring forward more. And that's been a really humbling part of this mothering journey. And so this work of being a guide or a healer in this one-on-one capacity that I do with individuals very much connects to this deep mothering archetype. I see my work in session as holding this sacred feminine mother for the healing of every client. I'm, I'm no one's mother. I'm not a client's mother, but I'm holding and open to this very deep resource. And I, I do get a lot of reflections from my clients that they have, they feel that deep power and love ferocity as they work with me. And so there's so much to mothering that goes way beyond this day of Mother's Day with beautiful flowers and brunch. This is where I get, there's, that's not enough. One day of breakfast in bed and flowers is not enough to honor mothers. We need to be honoring mothers and supporting mothers every day because to do that is to support 
life, is to support healing, is to support balance, is to support connection with earth, is to support healing these systems that are out of balance. And so we've got to shift our deep misalignment with this particular aspect of the feminine. We need to honor it as the most sacred power. And it starts, in my opinion, with mothers honoring themselves, with mothers honoring their work, with mothers claiming this as the most important work on the planet. And until we do that, and until we say no to the things that disrupt that, we are participating. We're not victims. We as mothers can tap into that fight, that protection, that ferocity that I've been talking about and hold that frequency, hold that and bring in our sacred no so that we can begin to amplify the mother as she is needed on this planet. And so on Mother's Day, that is what I want to honor is this deep power of the feminine and the power of women to use their voices and their deep knowing to know where things are out of alignment and to use their no. And this podcast is so that women can begin to express. It's one place in my world that I am creating for the women in my community to begin to use their voice and come into practice around saying, no, no, I'm not participating in that. No, this is out of alignment. No, I'm not going to be put aside. Yes, I'm going to use my voice. Yes, I'm going to see the truth. Yes, I'm going to step into power. So that's what we're trying to do with this Magnolia Leadership Podcast is to cultivate expression, full expression around these issues of the sacred feminine. And so for Mother's Day, that is my wish, is that we begin to deeply honor and express what we are seeing and experiencing in the world as women and men who want to bring balance, healing, and restore life, restore health, restore wellness. Okay, so happy Mother's Day.